Hello, my name is TJ and I'm one of the voices behind the Geek Sweat podcast. This is a special message regarding the next episode which has been recorded out of sequence during the coronavirus lockdown in the UK. Now, in response to the government daily briefings and general health and safety requirements for the pandemic, the Geek Sweat podcast team are practicing social distancing for this recording in an attempt to create new segments and continue sessions from our respective homes via a joint video call while we aim to minimize the risk and the spread of the infection from COVID-19. As such, we are working in the absence of our steam sound engineer, Giovanni Bastianello, aka Neo Geo. And we hope that you can bear with us and any changes in the audio quality from what you may be accustomed to earlier. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Geek Sweat podcast. We We watch watch films films to save you hassle. It's another podcast with a filmmaking twist just for you. I am TJ and we will be bringing you hot topics in the film industry, inspiration interviews with IMDb listed filmmakers, review sweat on online series as a stream, trailer talk on upcoming feature films and cult TV perspectives on classic shows worth revisiting. Geek Sweat is available on Apple Podcasts where you can stream over 750,000 shows. Look for the lowercase white eye with two white ring halos inside the purple square and you can have access to over 20 million episodes in their library. Hi everyone, thank you so much for joining us today for another super episode of Cult Film. This is episode 128, 128, we are almost 130. Awesome! Uh, so whether you play now or if you've played video games years and years ago or just a few years ago, some of you will remember endless weekends at the arcades or, you know, after school on the home console. Um, we're here to kind of take a look at um, film adaptations of some of our dearest and most nos- nostalgic games. Um, and today we're going to take a look at Rampage. So. Yeah, um, so with me today, I've got, um, once again, the magnificent MKH. Hey, hello, hi, Jamie. Thank you for having me. I'm good, good. Good to have you back. And for the first time on Cult Film, I think, I don't think I've had you here before, Trev, um, we've got our splendid, resplendently distinctive TJ. Hi there. Uh, Thanks for having me, Jamie. I have been on there once before, it was the the Barkle that was Super Mario Brothers. Oh, was it so, Super Mario you were yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. yeah. Well, I, I feel like I hadn't seen you for so long. Like, yeah, I, I, Jamie I blocked haven't... it from her memories. <laughs> was your audition that bad? It was, yeah. it was. It was. Well, Mario wasn't exactly the... Well, I mean, it's the, it, that was the first of all kind of video game adaptations, so... Yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah, it, it was it was special in, in so many ways. <laughs> and a silly <laughs> a silly episode, I'm guessing. That's quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but how, how have you guys been otherwise? How how's COVID been treating you? I haven't got it. So that's that's a bonus, isn't it? Yeah. Like I guess I guess the only way that COVID can treat you is if he, he gets his hands on you, right? Yeah. And yeah. he's he's yet to catch me. So do, 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 I have yet to catch wait- him. Do you wake up now and then and with a cough and go, oh my God, have I got it? All the time. All the time. <laughs> I, I'm checking the website daily. Even though I work for public health, I'm checking the website daily to see if they've updated the symptoms to get a test. 
So like every day oh. I wake up and I, if, even if I got a slight headache, even if I farted too loud in the night, I'm, I'm checking the website <laughs> and seeing like, how oh, like, is this a symptom? Like, what do I need to do? So yeah, yeah it's, it's, um, it's tricky times. And um, yeah. I'm glad I've got this cave to, to live in with, um, with, with the boys in my background. So yeah. <laughs> what about you, Trev? Uh, not too bad. Um, I'm understanding that this is a COVID uh, pandemic 2.0. Um, you did warn me beforehand that this was a six to 12 month. Uh, um, oh, no, no, no. I said trench. 12. I'm sure I said longer than that. I said 18 okay, months. Well, 18 months trench. I, yeah. was, I, I was definitely at the, or maybe that was when we were talking about a vaccine. Oh, okay. But def- yeah. I knew it was going to be more than a year. I knew I, it was going to be ages. Put it this way, I was hoping it would be shorter. And I think that was just the optimistic side of me coming out. So the interesting thing is I'm living pandemic 2.0, whereas I'm sure somebody with more expertise than you is just living pandemic 1.0 because you're expecting it to be the 18-month situation. So I'm just trying to stay away from people and make sure and I'm I'm um what's the word? Rationing my sanitizers. So uh, I'm trying to make yeah. sure that I've got a lot to last me throughout the year. But yeah, I'm onto yeah. my third mask. But 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 your third mask all the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. oh yeah, good luck with that one. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you know what happened? The first one I think the, the rubber band, the elastic band got sticky. So I had to throw that away because it wasn't holding on my face. And the second one started to smell like a jock strap. And now I'm on the third one. So, yeah. Ew. That's okay. I didn't need that visual of it. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Moving on. Right. <laughs> okay. So, so do, you, do you guys remember playing the arcade game Rampage? Do you, do you remember playing it? I, I never played Rampage uh, because... It was not on a... I was an Amiga 500 person, and I used to go to people's houses to play Sega Mega Drive and SNES. So I never had the home system that it could be played on. And I think when the game came out, I think in like 1986 or the 80s, I was into, I think, Dragon's Lair and a lot of football games that you could play in the arcade. So I may have walked past it a few times, but I didn't feel drawn to play it as much what about you uh so i never played the original because i was a bambina or bambino when when it came out but i did get the updates on consoles such as the playstation 2 and can i just say um this game was fantastic for either um hyperactive children or psychopathic adults because the (laughs) things you get to do in the game are just sadistic like the (laughs) fact you get to destroy flatten a whole city over and over again and toss up humans and swallow them like grapes it's just it's just fantastic and (laughs) i'm guessing some some (laughs) i think that was uh some serial killer's first fury into um murder but um yeah i i enjoyed the game yeah, because it's one of those games where it's kind of like, how many people can I throw into my mouth consecutively? Yeah, it, <laughs> I, I really don't like. It was such a simple. Uh, I I think in in later years they tried to make it more two point five D, but it was mm-hmm. a two D game 
like it was so simple. The controls are so simple. You can punch up, down, left or right. You can climb mm-hmm. on buildings. You can bounce on buildings like you're on a trampoline and mm-hmm. you could just destroy everything in your path. There was nothing like, oh, I need to go on a quest. Like this is the Witcher to play card games or level <laughs> up or get these two swords. It was like what you saw is what you got for the yeah. whole game. It's and very I simple. Very simple. Yeah. And I, I think that, that that's kind of like, you know, a sign of the times because, you know, technology in terms of gaming has come so far. And, and you know, that was one of my most favorite games growing up simply because it was just mindless button bashing. And mm. even now I have to say that even when I play like a lot of the, um, for example, you mentioned Witcher, you know, when I play Assassin's Creed, sometimes I, I, I am in that frame of mind where I'm just button bashing. I'm not being strategic with my button presses at all. So yeah, it, no, it's a good mindless, you know, button bashing game. Um, and I remember well, playing, playing it in the arcades and yeah. What, what, what I also liked about, uh, I guess back in the eighties, a lot of the games were about you being the hero. So you had space yeah. invaders and stuff like that. Yeah. But this game really focuses on you being an evil piece of crap. And yeah. um, that was quite novel for the time in 1986 when it first released. I, yeah, I think yeah. anyway, obviously you had Donkey Kong, but no, but that was Mario going up to beat up Donkey Kong, even though I think Mario was the baddie in that, in that because <laughs> Donkey, yeah. He, he was just minding his business. And of course he's going to throw barrels at you because why, why, why are you up in his house? But You're um, house, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that <laughs> it, it makes perfect sense. Like, yeah. But um yeah, I think this this was one of the first games that allowed you to really um, be the baddie and like relish it as well, which yeah. you see with feel, with, with games like GTA now. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Because I think you do get tired of being the good guy sometimes, don't you? You just want to wreak havoc. It's kind of like, you know, you go from, oh, don't destroy this, don't break that. And now it's like, yeah, we can just wreck it. And and I I think this was like the inspiration for Wreck-It Ralph in a, in a way, because Wreck-It Ralph, the Ralph who was wrecking mm. buildings, was doing the exact same thing. Yeah. So the, the premise was the same thing. So, yeah. Actually, I wanted to compare it to a game that I used to play called Final Fight um, because uh, Final Fight was kind of a rip-off of Street Fighter, but the idea was in between the levels, you'd have this kind of static screen, pretty much like Rampage, where your character had to kind of smash up anything inside the screen area inside 60 or 90 seconds. So, like, you'd have to pick up a crowbar, smash up a car or pick up um, a, a baseball bat and smash up um, like a store or something like that. So I think the Rampage one is kind of interesting because you've got to use a lot of dexterity to get your character up, and, or, which is like I think the, the lizard or the um, gorilla up and down the buildings. And yeah, it's kind of weird that you can eat people as you go along. Which I, I think that was funny. the fun part. That's yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. the fun part. And um, the the other situation is I like the backstory, the anti-hero vibe that you get to. I think it was probably one of the earliest anti-hero um, uh, arcade games because I think you've got a doctor who has like a vitamin. He, he has adverse reaction to some vitamin pills. And I think he turns into the gorilla. And the woman is somebody who goes into a radioactive lake. And yeah, and you have... Yeah. yeah. And so so you have George, which is the, the gorilla, and he he turns into 
you know, <laughs> the gorilla, because of experimental vitamins. You've got Ralph yeah. the wolf um, who changes because of a food additive. And yeah. then you've got Lizzie who is, yeah, as you said, radioactive lake. So, yeah. So. But, but are they actually antiheroes? I thought they were straight villains. Like anti-hero, when I think of anti-hero, I'm thinking of, of Deadpool. These guys are, are just out murdering people, like, <laughs> like callously destroying the police, the army. They're on a rampage. I don't think, I think it's because, you know, they're in their, you know, because they're no longer in their human form. They're no longer themselves. Yeah. Because when, when you're, because I remember in the game when your life level went down, you turned into a human and then you kind of like scurried off screen. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, you ran off like once once. Co- covering your bits, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. But on the, the other side of it, isn't it? It's probably an environmental thing because it's like essentially it's animals wrecking the concrete jungle and like just reclaiming the land. So in that yeah. way, you could say they're an anti hero. Yeah. Oh, so you're saying like it, it, that was like the first. Uh, footsteps into Extinction Rebellion, like yeah. the, <laughs> yeah. in the UK today. Exactly. The animals are fighting back. The seeds, yeah. the seeds of Extinction Rebellion were born and burst that day. Yeah. So That's right. Fair. So so in um, 2018, they turned Rampage into the film. So have you guys both seen the film then? Um, I I saw the film, but I saw it reluctantly because i think i saw tom hiddleston's king kong shortly before that and uh, skull I, island skull island yeah uh, kong skull island and i think i saw godzilla before that or sh- and um and i, I saw a, a godzilla with the jimmy require soundtrack in the night so i was skeptical that this was a mishmash of other characters from other films being thrown oh, in together. You, you didn't realise that it was actually from a video game? No, because I, I was paying more attention to... I mean, when Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, is in a trailer, you kind of forget what the film is about and you're waiting for that <laughs> that solemn stare and the, the turn to the camera and how broad his shoulders are. So I kind of forgot what the film was about as I was watching the trailer. And when, I, when the trailer ends, you kind of think, oh... It's a monster, it's a Godzilla movie with Dwayne Johnson. And so I was already putting different pieces together and I was moving away from the fact that it was a game adaptation. Yeah, it's interesting you, you mentioned Godzilla because the video game was apparently inspired by Godzilla and King Kong and um, was it um, American Werewolf in London or something like that? So it was inspired by those characters anyway. But interestingly, in the film... It, it, the lizard, Lizzie, doesn't look like the dinosaur Lizzie, you know, Godzilla lizard. It looks, it, I mean, it, it is basically a crocodile, a, a, you know, a mutant crocodile. So they did that on purpose because they didn't want to draw too much uh, similarities to um, Godzilla. Godzilla. So they made Lizzie go on all fours as well. Yeah. When Lizzie, yeah. Yeah. Um, can, can I just say this, this, this film was a hard watch for me because. First of all, I didn't know whether I was watching um, Jumanji or a Fast and Furious <laughs> franchise film. Because I think yeah. Dwayne Johnson plays the same character. He, he, he's like too. Yeah. the big tanned Jason Statham. Like, it's just really weird like how they can go in any film, play the same character. And like, you could do a, a film reel of all of their best moments and you, you'd think it was one film continuously. 
and you say, oh yeah, like they, I guess they added a, a dinosaur in that one. Oh look, and, and there's Kevin Hart. <laughs> oh oh no, look, there's there's actual Jason Statham. Like it it was a hard watch, and I just love that they made him like a scientist. And I was thinking to myself, the last scientist that I saw that bulky had to turn green first. Like this this is like so <laughs> so unrealistic. <laughs> but um yeah, <laughs> Dwayne Johnson did what Dwayne Johnson does best, and that's being the Rock. The thing yeah. is, I, I always felt that if you get to be an actor on a Dwayne Johnson film, you've got to get like 10 or 12 shots of inoculation because nearly every one of his films is like a trip to the jungle. And I'm just going to read off a few titles here. His next film in 2021 is called Jungle Cruise. In 2019, he did Jumanji, The Next Level. Before that, it was Rampage with his jungle-style animals there. In 2017, he did Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. And then before that is in animation, he still goes to the jungle with Moana. And then before that is got um what do you call it? I think in G.I. Joe Retaliation he has a jungle scene in it as well. There's Journey to the Mysterious Island, of course, Journey that was before that. This guy, he he's like he can't see the wood for the trees. This guy is stuck in the jungle. I think Magic Mountain. Um that one, one was Race to Witch Mountain was another one as well. Which mountain? Which mountain? Yeah. That's the one. But that, that, that speaks to his Hawaiian roots, doesn't it? He never wants to leave the, the, the tropical surroundings of a, a, a dense jungle scenery, I think. Plus, you know what? Um, I think the good thing about being in a film with uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is that you, you probably, probably don't have to do much acting because his biceps are going to be big enough for all of you. <laughs> Yeah. Like you can just you can just relax. Like just let let just let his his muscles do the talking for the scene. I swear to God, I wouldn't even memorize any of the words if I was in a film with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Well, the script would be very short. It'd be only a few pages. Like <laughs> I, I tried to count the words in this. There wasn't many words said in this. No. A lot of it was um, uh, CGI gorillas doing sign language. Actually, can I just say? I never thought in my life that I needed to see a giant CGI monster, um, aka the gorilla, simulate sex on camera ever. <laughs> I was completely right. I never needed to see it. I couldn't believe it. It was it was just such a a, a tone, it was like a tone-deaf joke. Like I, I just didn't get it because yeah. there was no sexual chemistry. But I, I think that's what anamorphism does, though, isn't it? You, you're applying human traits to animals, and yeah. you know, I, I, you know, I very much doubt that in real life a gorilla, you know, could be taught to do the finger and for it to be meaningful to the gorilla. Yeah, I, I think the character that he played was supposed to be like human, human averse, not humanity yeah. averse. So the idea was he'd spent so much time with animals that his animals were like the best mates he could have ever had because of trust issues mm. in the past. So it was almost like he was a jock guy chatting to one of his jock friends in that moment. Yeah, I, I get that. I just didn't really... I, no, because the reason he made the joke was because they were saying there was sexual chemistry between Dwayne Rock Johnson and I can't yeah. remember her name. And I should Noemi, really remember. Noemi, Noemi Harris. Harris. Yeah, yeah, and I was thinking like, I I thought they were brother and sister throughout this whole thing. I didn't think yeah. they could even kiss each other on the cheek. And you're yeah. saying that they should have. Se- I was like, what is happening? Like, did mm. I, 
I was thinking, did, did the gorilla experience the same film that I did? Because there was nothing going on between those two. But then you're, you're counting on the gorilla being able to identify, chemi- uh, you know, sexual chemistry in humans. I mean, like in the animal kingdom, there's probably no sexual chemistry. It's just hormones, isn't it? Yeah. So he, you know, for a gorilla, it's like female, male. Mm. Actually, there was one thing that happened in the beginning, uh, which I uh, didn't really call back, was when, like, the rock... Or, or, or Davis Okoye, which is the character um, Dwayne Johnson's assuming now, when he brings his trip, his group to meet the gorilla troop, and um, there's another kind of uh, gorilla that's kind of new to the to the pen, who tries to introduce himself and he's really aggressive, and George has to come over and kind of um, calm it down. Uh, exactly. And I kind of thought the sign language he used there to protect that troop and protect the humans that were in the city, he was going to come back to that, but he never really does. Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, they're not the star of the show. It's it's George and, and Johnson, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like, I mean, it was... It was weird because they, I, I almost thought that they set those two characters up. Those uh, were they like, you know, a research research students or something. Yeah, it, it was almost like they set those those characters up to be something more, and then they just, you know, when it came to editing, they just edited all all the yeah. rest of their scenes out. That's what it felt like. Yeah, because I because I felt they was at least going to keep the idea of like you've got to protect the group, and then when it was going to be. The, when everything kicks off in the city, yeah. this is this is the new troop now. And you've got protected, but that yeah. kind of that whole premise of the sign language never kind of transferred to after yeah. forty minutes into the film. It was just kind of like a means to an end, just to kind of like have the story roll over. But yeah. I mean, like considering the video game didn't actually have a story, so <laughs> they had to make something up. I, I was going to say that one of the, the the students, I guess, that um, was introduced in the beginning is um, Meg White, Meg Ryan, and Jack. No, Dennis Quaid's son. Yeah, Jack Quaid. Um, Jack yeah. Quaid, um, which I thought they were going to do more for him because obviously now he's featured on Amazon Prime's The Boys. So I thought, yeah, okay, they got this guy and they had the girl and had another guy as well. Like I thought they were going to give him more of a role. Yeah, there's a bit of a face-off actually because it, it's The Boys versus Watchmen because you've got Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Malin Aikerman from Watchmen and you've got um, PJ Byrne and like I said Jack Quaid from The Boys so mm. big talent sir. also you, there is the woman the only reason I remember the woman the reason I remember is because she showed her breasts in Howard and Kumar <laughs> get the munchie oh. <laughs> okay is that Malin Aikerman was, she was the top baddie. Um, she was the Claire uh, Wyden. Yeah, that's Malin Aikerman. She was in Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, was she? I, did, I, I didn't watch Watchmen. It was, it was too long. I realised that... Um, so Dwayne has done um, films with both Jupiters because um, Malin plays um, Laurie Jupiter in Watchmen. Okay. And in St. Andreas... Um, yeah. His love interest in St. Andreas was um, Carla Guigino. So, and she played Sally Jupiter. So he's been in two films with both Jupiters. Wow. But he's been in so many films, he's probably worked with almost everyone in Hollywood. But I just wanted yeah. to say, um, so the, the reason George 
Like, I had a theory, like, the reason they made George white was because they were making good in, a, in the end again, but it wasn't because of that. <laughs> the reason yeah. they made him albino is because they didn't want him to be too similar to... Um, King Kong. Yeah, King Kong. You know, oh. it was actually quite funny. I loved how um, he was able to participate in what, what would have been the equivalent of 25... Um, 9-11s and everyone said okay he's good now he's yeah. one of us again I was like what where's yeah, the accountability yeah because uh, do you know what's funny yeah. about that film is like he wrecks all those buildings smashes up a lot of places grabs a lot of um, tanks and frozen helicopters and in the end credits he's helping people out of the building yeah, that, oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. He's like, so, walk on so, my hand here. I, <laughs> I'll put you down. Like, yeah. He's like, sorry, my allergies were play, playing up or something. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. You're an absolute psychopath. He hadn't had his sneakers. That's what it was. Yeah. I think, though, you know, people wouldn't, you know, if, if you're, if you grew to like the character in, you know, in terms of, you know, George the gorilla being, you know, you know docile and, and friendly, you kind of don't want to see him killed at the end, do you? Because, yeah. like, you know, it's kind of like it's not his fault. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it feels like from the game, um, George the Gorilla is the main character. So mm. it looks like they, they probably were forced into taking a lead of one of the... You can't have just three badass bad guy animals. One of them's got a switch or a turn. And I think the fact that you had this situation where... In the big, early on in the film, um, like basically the Doucette Machina or the, the God from the Sky is the meteors of this kind of the super serum that's literally come from space. And um, a, a few animals get infected. And it was kind of strange that he killed a grizzly bear, I think, inside the compound. Mm. And it would have been interesting to see how they got him into the cage in the first place. But the idea that he was killed what is considered the most dangerous animal on the planet. And they were still kind of testing. It was just kind of, there was a few far-fetched things that they kind of had to skip over to kind of make the story work. Oh, oh don't get me started on pathogen. I mean, like, <laughs> they kept on using the word pathogen and I'm like, it's not a pathogen. A pathogen is a microorganism that causes disease. It's not a pathogen. It's a mutagen. It's like, oh, wow. so they should have had you on staff. That's where they slipped up, Jamie. That's why he was running wild. They slipped up. At, they slipped up in a lot of places because, like, I, I, I'm pretty sure the grizzly bear is not the greatest predator. You know, on, on you what know, land predator? Is no, I, th- I think it's the polar bear, though, isn't it? The polar bear is worse. I know the polar bear is taller and bigger than a, a, a grizzly bear. A grizzly. Yeah. I thought said an alligator, but maybe they create crit counts secret. Oh, that was enough. <laughs> no, alligators get eaten by like lions and stuff. They're not great. Really? But um, okay. what, what I was going to say, anyone that um, names their project Rampage is, art, is like basically requesting trouble. Like, how yeah. did they think anything was going to come good of naming a project Rampage? I'm talking about the film now. In terms of the, f- <laughs> in terms of the film, and letting it crash land to earth and saying, yeah, we're, gonna, we're just going to turn on this signal so they can all come here. Like, they did that on purpose, though, because like, cause they were creating a biological weapon. That's mm. why they called it Project Rampage. And the only reason why they wanted, why they turned on the radio signal to draw them to the city was because they wanted, 
that they wanted George to kind of um, kill kill the doctor and they wanted the other two to kind of like come to them so they didn't have to go and find them because they wanted the the air force to kill them for on their behalf so that they could harvest their blood and it meant that you know that they would destroy the city and also the evidence yeah. Can we also talk about the, the the U.S. Army's role in this film? Why is it when the U.S. Army can't handle something, they say just nuke it? We don't care if it's even our own soul. This is nuke the whole area. Like, yeah. Can we? Can we? How do you go naught to sixty in two seconds? Can we like think of other things? Like, okay, the helicopter guns are not working, so let's nuke the whole area. Of all our people there. Like, they did that in Avengers, which I thought was really weird as well. He was, I think it's because he was in a safety of his own bunker. He, he couldn't see the carnage that was happening. So that, yeah, just throw another tank at him and finish it off. I, I find him so it's irritating. It's damage, wanted, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I, I wanted someone to like, I wanted him to trip on a chair and hit his head on the side of the <laughs> table or something. Because he was so serious and proud about what he was saying as well. He's like, no one's going to tell me what to do. Like, so he embodied the American spirit to a T. No one could tell me what to do. I'm always right. I don't care. Like until someone like who points cares out, like, who you, dies? Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like everyone, let's just wipe out a whole city. Like I, I how's that? I don't know if that. How can that be your plan B? Like I'd, I'd, I would like another twenty, twenty plans before you get to that point, mm-hmm. please. But um, yeah, yeah, I thought that was quite funny. The reason I don't agree with the George the Gorilla like uh living in the end because i read somewhere that the actual developer for the original game said that these guys are not heroes like these guys are baddies and they are really causing destruction like on on earth so that's why i thought they were going to just kill them all off but because mm. because him and um and Dwayne Rock Johnson's like to play hide the zucchini then yeah <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> they have a to bond. live at the end they yeah. have a human bond, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Hide the banana type thing. But, <laughs> or play um, with the banana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, speaking of like banana face-offs, I thought there was going to be um, a, a showdown with the, the Burke character played by Joe Manganiello and uh, Dwayne Johnson because they kind of had this similar I intro so too. of like, this back-to-camera walking away, being a badass, and then turning around and showing their face. I know. I, and I thought, like, killers you know are us. Yeah, yeah. So I thought there was going to be some kind of rooftop fight where they're trying to steal the, the serum or the antidote from each other yeah. from the lab. But it never came off because they dispatched it with him in a different way. And I felt they killed off a lot of his crew. And I think it would have been cool if he found a way to kind of just escape and make his own way back into the city. And I mm. think they wasted that. But what did you think about the collateral damage of the humans? Because they were like Skittles dropping out of a packet, I thought. Like, they were just <laughs> all over the place getting killed. Well, um, that's kind of in the spirit of the game, really, isn't it? It's like you smash a building and, you know, you have people screaming and, <laughs> yeah. and then you eat them. Yeah, I, I think the, the thing that made me laugh... It was when uh, Naomi Harris kind of looked at Dwayne Johnson and said, there's something big in the water. And then it's like, you can see the kind of Atlantic Ocean like moving into this yeah. bay. Yeah. And then for some reason, there's still some kind of tour guide cruise ship that's like still chattering along at like five miles an hour. And this kind of Godzilla-like creature goes underneath and topples it over. And it's kind of like, um, 
Yeah, 200 people get tossed into the water. The whole thing capsizes 180 degrees. Yeah, yeah, right by the boat, and, bridge. Yeah. And, and then it walks onto the land, and then Dwayne Johnson goes, oh, well, that sucks. <laughs> like, that's the most <laughs> underwhelming response to, like, 200 people drowning I've ever seen. I, I, I do wonder if that was just, you know, one of those comedic, you know, lines that just fell short. Because there yeah. were quite a few. Yeah, but everyone's following the the blueprint of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, isn't it? Like something really serious is happening. Like thousands of people are dying. In, like like in the blink of an eye, just extinguished. And like let's <laughs> let's under, under, undercut that with a joke. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I, I think I already said like that. That was like six hundred nine uh, or one invasion <laughs> of Iraq. Yeah, mm. one or the other. And you know what yeah. is strange as well is like. I, I wasn't sure, it feels like this was the first building demolition film that's really, I mean, I think he did Skyscraper as well, but I felt that it was, it was almost kind of squeezing a zip of building demolition films because I don't think America, has, I think America's had a sensitivity to like 9-11 style films where a big tall skyscraper kind of gets smashed to pieces and hundreds of people die. And, like, this kind of just went overboard. This was, like, the platinum card for, like, 9-11 abuse, I think. Well, they, they said that for Man of Steel, though, didn't they? Like, I, I don't think Americans really care if buildings come down in a, in a film. In Man of Steel, I think people were getting killed indiscriminately in different places. But in, 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 in Skyscraper, uh, which is another Dwayne Johnson film, and this film, like buildings <laughs> were just coming down one on top of the other. There's loads of buildings just getting taken out. Well, well, Transformers just takes out buildings indiscriminately oh, yeah. as well. That's a feature of disaster films, though, isn't it? Yeah, so I don't yeah. think uh, Americans are that sensitive towards seeing buildings fall. I just I think... love seeing things explode. Yeah, exactly. That's why they, they, they invade so many countries. But I think, <laughs> um, I, I think what what we're suffering from is fatigue of seeing like the same old action sequences and the fact mm. that uh, the gravity of, of life is not taken seriously. There's that. Like, and, 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 and you see that now that's why like um, America takes such a lax approach to coronavirus. That would be a very different film though, as well, because if you, if, if you go back to the video game, the video game, these, these three animals are actually originally human. Mm. Whereas in the film, these three animals are originally animals. Would have made for a very different film if, for example, Dwayne Johnson played, you know, the man that turned into the gorilla. Do you remember the poster? It had like Dwayne Johnson in the foreground, then it was George, then it was the wolf, and then it was the thing behind it. So I was thinking, like, is he going to turn into one of those animals? Because the poster kind of suggests that. I think it would have made for a very different dynamic. Mm. You know, I think there would have been more character arc and more story <clears throat> if they were all mutated humans, you know. So, but that's just my my opinion. But the, uh, what also bugged me was um, the dis dis disproportionate sizes because in real life, like, mm. if, if you looked at those animals, the wolf would be the smallest, but yet George was the smallest. You know, and the crocodile was the biggest. Like that was the size of a building almost. Whereas mm. like, George is the size of a house. The, the the wolf is the size of a three-story building, and then you've got the the crocodile, which is like 
six or seven stories. But wasn't so. George shot with more tranquilizers? So would it be fair to say that suppressed him? Because the first time he comes out of his enforced cage, he gets shot by the tranquilizers from the helicopter. Tranquilizers just shut you down. They don't stop your cells from generating. I think we're reading too much into the science of the film. Like, I don't think they cared about that. They just wanted to make George the smallest. They didn't care about the, the science of the film. But it's, you know, people like me who, who, who are in the sciences just look at it and go, yeah. well, that's just bullshit. You want to just blow out your yeah. brains with a handgun. But what I will say, I like the change. Uh, I don't know. I, I think they had to make the change from it being mutated humans to mutated animals. Because then you, you, like, I guess. Because then you can kill them. Yeah, you can kill them, exactly. And you don't want to humanise animals. But so, they um, humanised George. But that's what I'm saying. That's why he should, he should have died in the end. Not that I wanted to kill off George. Actually, I don't care. Yeah, kill off George. They should have killed George <laughs> in the end. So you didn't like his sense of humour? Like his play dead fake? I thought that was all stupid. I, no, actually, I thought... <laughs> when that all happened, that whole sequence, I, I actually thought, good. Like, I actually yeah. thought he'd actually died as well. And I was like, yeah, that's what's supposed to happen. Now let's move along and Dwayne Johnson drive off and help these people out the building. Then he survives. I was like, Jesus Christ. There was a lot of emotional build-up to it, don't you think? Is there? Yeah, I, I think there was. But that was because, you know, you know, Dwayne Johnson's character, you know, raised him as a, you know, orphan. So, mm. you know, he, he's very, obviously very connected to George. I mean, like, he's sign language, he does sign language with him, so. Yeah, and I, I, I get that we saw that George's mother got murdered by poachers, but those wolves were homeless and we don't know what their diets were like. We don't know how bad the life of the crocodile was. Why did they have to die and George didn't? Because they were much bigger and they were not under control. What if the crocodile's mother was someone's shoes or someone's mm. handbag? We didn't see that story, did they? No. Why didn't. They didn't show us that story, did they? What if the wolves brother was made into a nice fur jacket or, mm. or, or stuffed in a Canada goose jacket. I don't know. I, I'm just saying I, I didn't really, I, I think poaching is a horrible thing, but yeah. after how much destruction George made, I would have been mad if he got killed. You know, the crocodile never really did anything wrong. You know that? Because all it really did was like, just come out of the water and say like, somebody turn that shit off. And there just yeah. happened to be a boat in the way. So I yeah. think, the crocodile I mean, got the worst deal out of all of the rampaging animals. <laughs> and the wolf was just doing what a wolf does. That's human nature, though, isn't it? Human nature is to kill animals for the sake of killing animals because they, they, they're inconvenient. But the wolf didn't eat the people he killed. He just killed them and left their bodies there for someone else to eat, didn't he? No, he, he ate the soldiers and when they he were did. first... Yeah. I thought he just left their guts out. I thought, oh, that's a, that's a lot of wasted meat. <laughs> Mr. No, he, he, ate, um, he ate Joe um, Mangello's. Yeah, that Joe guy. Like, I, I'm glad that you guys recognised him because when they did that whole intro for him and then they did a pan up, I said, okay, who the hell is this guy? Like, I was so confused. Like, am I yeah. supposed to impress, sir? <laughs> yeah. It felt like John Senna was attached up until like two weeks before the film goes, now nah, I'm, I'm waiting for Fast and Furious. And they had to just get <laughs> someone else to swap him in. Even if they showed Jason Statham, I wouldn't have minded. I was like, who, who is this guy again? Like, I, I did not know him, I'm sorry. Because I, I recognised him from True Blood because he played the um, the lead bo- um, uh, the lead bo- werewolf. He played Alcide in True Blood. 
and he all he's also in Magic Mike. Both soft soft porn shows. <laughs> yeah. Has he got bigger since those films? Because he had some really broad shoulders. I do wonder if it's just padding from the uniform, you know, just his, oh. you know, his, his um, survival gear and all that. Yeah, I can't imagine he did much training f- for this film because he hardly did anything. He just he, ran he around. Scre- yeah, he screamed <laughs> for his buddy. He got on a helicopter and he wore a suit. I would not spend any days in the gym for that for that role. If I read that script, I said, no, I'm not going in the gym. Get lost. Mm. Just, just get me to the set. I'm not this at the park. And and he did. Did you guys notice much in the way of Easter eggs or anything like that between the game and the film? Yeah, I did. Uh, one the hour. Rat. The rat? Yeah, the rat was from one of the games, but not okay. all of the games. Uh, you know, I... a rat in the beginning on the on the spaceship. Oh, Larry. Uh, okay. Yes, Larry. Um, I think one hour, 12 minutes into the film and 40 seconds... It's like the second or third time they go into the office. The arcade game's there. Oh, the arcade game was there right from the beginning. He, that was one of the ones that I saw as well. But that was in the, you know, when, the, when they first lose the, the space station and he's smashing up an, a model of the, of the station. In that scene, just about two, two minutes after that, they, they pan around and you see it in the background. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But one of the other... Um, Iconic ones is um, the woman in the red dress at the very end when George eats her. In the arcade game, there's often a, re- a woman in a red dress that you can eat. Oh, gives you life, it. gives you health. Yeah. Does yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. No, gives actually, you no, no, eating anyone gives you health. No, because usually it's just police officers that gives you health and the army. A police oh. on the well, law enforcement because yeah, because if you, if you ate everyone, you'd you'd never lose health ever, would you? So they had to limit it somehow. I thought the scene when um the helicopter was hovering over the river, that was definitely a homage to the game because everything was happening there. Like helicopters were getting trashed, bridges yeah. were there getting uh, trampled over, uh, tanks were getting picked up and trampled. So. I think there was a lot of um, fan service in those moments. Like they did a really good job of saving it for the city, rather than yeah. Well, the, the, yeah. I mean, e- everything before that. I mean, like there was a whole hour of build up to the whole rampage s- building smashing, you know. Mm. So, and then you had like forty minutes of bu- building smashing, which is the whole premise of the game is smashing buildings. I mean, you can't do much with that in terms of a film. So you kind of had to have some kind of storyline going. Not that they did much with a storyline, but it still had one. Had some That's what I'm saying. Was there even a storyline? <laughs> well, very basically, you know, mutated animals destroy city. They have to stop them. That's pretty much all there is. But what I was saying is like, like you said, there's not much of a storyline from the game. And it isn't like they've kind of upped the ante for the film. They just say, just throw Dwayne Johnson in there and the rest will, will fix itself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that character doesn't exist. His character doesn't exist, obviously. But also, not you know, they, they, they changed the whole kind of origin of, of, you know, how they transform as well. And they changed the fact that they transformed from animals rather than humans. So, Do you think it would have been a better story if they had kept it as humans, humans? who were transformed yeah. into animals. I think so, yeah. yeah. Oh, another thing they changed was, um, you know, the, the transformations that, that happened because I, 
in the arcade game, all they did was change sides. It just got bigger. Whereas, yeah. like, in, in the film, like, Lizzie, um, you know, ended up getting a club tail as well as girls. And then mm. you had the, the wolf, Ralph. Um, yeah. He's got, he can fire porcupine spikes and he can fly. Why, why, why did you give, like, a crocodile gills? That's really weird. It's really in the water, but I guess that oh, was... Oh, because they need gun. to come up for air. They normally need yeah. to come up to, to, um, for air, for oxygen. I, I thought it was because they wanted uh, Dwayne Rock Johnson to throw a bomb into the gill. I thought that was the only reason they gave him gills. <laughs> yeah. They could have just phoned... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what do you think was the best kill in the film, considering how much carnage was going on? For me, the best kill would have been when um, Lizzie bit, bit off Ralph's head and ate it. And then he just tossed it in the air and just, oh, that was great. What about you, Ed? What do you think was the best kill? I, I enjoyed seeing the, that woman getting eaten, the woman in the red dress, but Mar- Marlin, Marlin. I thought she was a terrible character. I didn't like her as a character. I didn't like her or her brother. Yeah. I wish they got nuked, but yeah, that's just me. <laughs> I mean, the brother kind of gets nuked in a kind of a weird way because he, he gets the, uh, the building drop on him and he gets splattered, doesn't he? That's quite funny. He was, yeah. you, you know what? His character was just a waste of space. He just annoyed the shit out of me. You know what would have been better for me, actually, if those two characters were just um, replaced by a, a, a free-thinking computer? Because they, no, they had no character anyway. Like, they, like, I would love to have seen a computer just take over stuff and say... Well, we're going to bring him this way and just turns on the antenna themselves. Yeah. I mean, I've got the feeling he was, he was there to do the exposition and she was there to explain it. That was really their, their function. They didn't really do anything else because they were just there to serve backstory and make you feel slightly sympathetic towards Naomi Harris going back into her office and stealing stuff. Yeah, show, <laughs> show us, show us, not tell us. I mean, yeah. Yeah, sure. Like, because they're like, we're gonna turn on this antenna, and this antenna is gonna awake something in them, and then they're gonna mm. run to the city, and then we're gonna get the army to kill them, and then we will get our tissue. <laughs> and that was but, it. But I, I, I wonder if though, you know, that just follows that kind of genre of film where it's kind of like the evil mastermind does the the monologue thing. You know, I have to explain what I'm doing for the stupid people. <laughs> Yeah, for my idiot brother, first of all. Because like, I was yeah. thinking, like, do you not work with her? Do you not know what she's about in the first place? And you're like, but what are we doing? Like, I just thought, oh, someone smashed this guy's head in with a vase or something. For somebody with all that money, I can't understand why he's eating so many cheap takeaways as well. I found that quite annoying. And um, the idea that the antennae was just there, it's like, and, and then the, the, the Claire character goes, yeah, this is something I've gotten to throw up and switch on like yesterday because we needed it well he she had had it um repurposed didn't she yeah, so yeah. Like, uh, that was kind of like you know let's let, let's not explain anything in depth let's just mm. tell the audience for you know spoon feed them all the information they need and hopefully you know they'll be happy with it yeah i, I think the parachute exit from the plane was the time when i just thought you know what i'm just going to go with it because that kind of, I think he done George wrong there because they threw some kind of tote. Is it a forklift truck? They they threw it in. They threw it into his nuts, and I thought that was like under the belt. Man. And oh, then I, I don't think it was his nuts. <laughs> I think it was just they pinned one of his legs. No, nah, it, right, it, it was right between the legs. He looked like he was in a lot of pain. 
before, and it took him some time to get up. So, so it's like, yeah. So that's why I can, is so angry. Well, I think it would take you time to get up as well if something kind of pinned you and knocked you against a wall. I like that's that's when you you decided to go with it, not when he ripped off the head of a, a grizzly bear. <laughs> You're like, yeah. no, wait, there could be some more. Let me just—I'm not sold yet. <laughs> no, but the, the thing is, the grizzly bear thing kind of happens off screen, but the kind of the the, the kind of the I'm handcuffed, I'm handcuffed. I'm listening to what everyone's saying. I'm playing playing rules. It's all. Oh, couple of people got shot. Time to break out the handcuffs now. Woo! And he just like snapped out of his plastic cuffs. And it's like, okay, now the ships are like 180, is, is capsizing, but I can throw this uh, parachute onto a dormant body and he'll wake up just in time when he gets outside. I thought that was a bit much. Well, yeah. No, well, but what, about you, you know hop- was- <laughs> what about when they hop into the helicopter and it's like, this isn't going to fly, it doesn't have a tail. No, we're going to ride it like an avalanche. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like on, only movie with Dwayne Johnson would have, you know, s- stupid ways to get out of sticky situations. Where words don't even and mean anything anymore. Yeah. Do you know what? I was actually half expecting the building to collapse in a way where the helicopter would surf and glide across the, the, the tarmac once it landed. But I think it was, it was also a bit strange, like when you saw the building caps like coming down that the creatures were crawling around it to get topside rather than mm. just being disoriented and falling off. And um, actually, do you know another thing I forgot as well? Is the, the wolf that could acrobatically... Could yeah, the wolf that acrobatically... It chased after Burke, bit his head off, saw the helicopter, chased, off, chased that down, jumped onto it, bit the guy that was shooting from the machine gun turret at him, and then he just flew off somewhere else in the middle of the air. Whilst it landed into the side of um, a mountain. Yeah. Yep. Um, spoilers alert, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry for listening to this. <laughs> oh. Well, that was joyful. <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh. Hey, look, I had so many notes for this as well. You can't see it, but I had mm. so many notes. Like I, I wrote, what did I write? Okay. Um, Have you got it all off your chest, Tim Catch? No, so I liked in the beginning that the, the spaceship crew, they were all killed by a rat the size of a Shetland pony. I thought that was quite funny. Um, <laughs> An evil rat with spikes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I thought that rock, the rock was, was big enough to um, beat up Pavo. You know the new the new gorilla in the in in the beginning. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I didn't I didn't I didn't think George was needed. Like the rock's guns were big enough to like knock out that tiny monkey. <laughs> so I don't know why he got involved. Um, well, like I said, I think he should have been the one to turn into the gorilla. The rock has sign language sign language powers, which is basically him channeling Chris Pratt from the um, Jurassic Park sequels. Yeah, um, <laughs> that was nice. Yep, uh, Jurassic yeah. World. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is this is very important i need the rock in every place in america to negotiate with police because he's the only person it seems that can get the police to put down their guns and not shoot anyone so i thought that was quite nice as well it's probably because he's big enough to pummel you to a pulp yeah yeah and out. catch the bullets probably and he can choke them out yeah <laughs> it's a big arm <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a very fun 
um, summertime feature feature. I enjoyed watching it. I mean, do we feel that the film did the video game justice or do we feel that there was enough fanfare to keep the fans kind of happy? Um, I, I think so. Like, yeah, the game was just so simple. Like, it's not like they, they, they did any injustice to the source material. Like, what you saw was animals destroying buildings and eating people and that's what you got from the game so i think it it, it does the game justice and obviously because it's hollywood you have to add some semblance of a storyline yeah I, I i felt it's a it's a dwayne johnson vehicle but um yeah there was barely anything in the game that you could really do a proper story around so i'm, I'm really surprised it became this kind of two hour action sequence so that's pretty good I'm I'm just generally surprised that they could actually turn that kind of video game into a movie. To be honest, I mean they changed a lot of the you know the origins of how they became monsters, but um, yeah, I was actually surprised you know that they could get you know enough out of it to to make a a, a film. But yeah, I mean it, for me, you know anything with you know Johnson in it is pretty much like San Andreas. It's just like buildings floor falling. He saves. A woman saves the day. It's it's very very generic, um, but I think they did okay. I think they did okay. I, I I think you know the whole thing with rampage is you're just destroying buildings and you're smashing them up, and that's all people really wanted to see. And we got about forty minutes of that. <laughs> also, this is the third film that um, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and the director Brad Peaton have have worked on together. So they had San Andreas, as you just mentioned, mm-hmm. and Journey to the Mysterious uh, yeah. Island. And it, and it looks like people enjoyed it because the, the budget was 120 mil, and the box office raked in 428 million. So it sounds like people, you know, enjoyed it. And I think Rotten Tomatoes was about 51% or something like that. So. Yeah, it's, it's done a lot better than some of the other video game um, films, video game adaptations, I should say. Yeah. Right. So we are rounding up. So I'm Jay. This is Geek Sweat. Say goodbye, Trevor. Goodbye, Trevor. <laughs> and MKH. Yay. We did it. Yay. <laughs> we are saying goodbye. Thanks for joining us. Bye. <laughs> Bye.